0: How many you woke up this morning? week and we didn't come last week so we was out of town but tell you what once you've been out of church for a week you start getting hungry (laughs) start wanting to see your people so it's good to be here amen sing a song with me everybody knows it everybody's gonna be happy over there you know you go around you see everybody's got long faces and life is hard trials are hard but one day it's gonna be worth it all man we make it over there sing us with me
1: there's a happy land of promise over in the great beyond where the saved ever shall see his glory shed Where the chosen one shall get.
0: But we have a victory report this morning. Man, I want to say uh, uh, one victory report is I've seen a small victory. When I left out of town, I seen Brother Greg parked up here on the hill. Yes. And he looked across. He was going in the choir room, and he looked across, and I knew it was, he could see me. I gave him a thumbs up, and he gave me a thumbs up back. So God's working a miracle. amen. that's yeah. a miracle. But Sister Nancy Laster, she had... Uh, Five bulging discs in her back, and she went in for surgery this past week, I believe. And uh, after she came out of surgery, she said she has no pain at all. So Amen. God worked a real miracle. Oh. She's going to have two weeks of therapy, so y'all really keep her in her prayers. That therapy is some tough stuff, so we want to keep her in our prayers. Man, if you have an unspoken prayer request, just lift your hands. Man, God knows our needs. Brother George, you want to
2: come? Amen. Praise the Lord this morning. Amen. We left out of here Wednesday saying Sunday's coming. Sunday's here now, saints. Amen. I was uh, just thanking the Lord for how many churches you know have got a backup song leader like Brother Matt. My goodness. (laughs) I told him if I could sing like him, I'd sing all the time. Amen, amen. So happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I woke up this morning just feeling like something good was going to happen today. Let's just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just feel your presence this morning, Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today, Father. Lord, you brought our pastor back to us safely, Lord. And Lord, we just know he's, Lord, in the channel today, Lord, and we just look forward to the message that's going to come forth today, Father. We we know beforehand it's a blessing coming, Lord, and we just pray that today's service, Lord, we leave this place, Lord, we leave shaken, Lord, Lord, changed, Father, Lord, we're just renewed and rejoicing, Lord, for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and Lord, we ask you that you'd Lord, just these requests that we've made known by the uplift of our hand, Lord, you know it, Lord. And we've seen, Lord, just, just by these testimonies today, we've seen how you answer prayer, Lord. We've, we've seen how you move on the scene, and we know we serve a God of miracles today, Lord. And, and, Lord, we're looking for it, Father. We're expecting it now, Lord, that we receive what we ask for. and Lord, we ask that, Lord, this song service, these musicians... Lord, how you've blessed them and gifted them, Lord. And we just pray that, Lord, as we sing to you today, we'd sing with our whole hearts, Lord, with all of our might, Lord. And, and Lord, we just look forward to this service, Lord, like a child with Christmas anticipation, Lord, just on the edge of our seats, Father, waiting to see what you have for us today. And we thank you for it, and we give you the praise and honor in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the church said, Amen. Man. Brother Jonathan comes to the missionary report. Hey
3: Amen. You happy to be in church this morning. Hey Amen. You can have your seats. We'll pause momentarily here. But um, how many appreciates our youth? Amen. And,
0: You gonna get behind brother Matt?
3: Amen. They said they would.
0: Isn't that wonderful? You know, it's sometimes we don't have Wi-Fi, we think it's terrible.
4: <laughs>
0: yes, Do you imagine not having a place to worship your God? Amen. The people of like Faith. Come on. Amen. Let's sing this song. Keep it. Some odd reason it's. I looked through this book, and I was studying last night. And I'm not used to working in a suit, so y'all got to forgive me. I might start sweating a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I looked through this book, and everything was about Jesus and going home. And Amen. when you're gathered in, and yeah. how happy we'll be when we are over there. Yeah. Really started to minister to me. Amen. Help me sing this song. When the redeemed are gathered you know, in, like we're, on, we're on a theme here.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, I am thinking of a rapture in that blessed home on high When the redeemed are gathering
0: Come receive the tithes. Amen. I'm going all the way to see him. I don't think we had a key for that, sis. Just do I see her. Just do that. paid a debt. Amen. I'm going to see him. Sometimes the road looks hard. Sometimes you want to give up. Sometimes you want to turn around. You want to quit. Just easier. But there's no life I would rather have. Amen. He paid a debt.
1: He paid a debt. He did not. your voices, say
0: Amen. Yes. I, was, I was failed to mention that my niece and brother Abraham, Kayla, and Abraham's back. Let's give them a hand. Newly yes. married couple. Yes. Mark would have said that like right off the, <laughs> I don't know, maybe not. You know. But uh, good to have sister, brother Jake, sister Jenny with us yes. this morning. Yes. We could just stand with me as we change the order of the service. I come expecting today, amen. I can feel we're going to have a good blessing this morning. Sing with me. Sing with me.
1: The trial of this world is getting closer. The pull I felt was more than I could bear. And I was on the verge of giving over. The strength within myself just wasn't there. Something keeps falling.
3: Me victory is a reality, he's a reality. Something, something keeps holding me, sing it one more time, something, something keeps me, hallelujah,
1: Everything every day I see he's helping, helping me faith. my drive, he's guiding oh, me, guiding me constantly,
3: giving me victory. Me victory. victory. He's a reality. Something keeps holy. Good morning. Aren't you grateful this morning that the presence of God is what holds us? How many times in our lives have we by a fallen nature came so close, so close to messing up, but yet it seems like an unseen hand of God just reached right there when we're about to fall off the cliff, when you're about to make that one step. God just puts another step. Hallelujah. David said, My feet almost slipped, but God set another step there for me. I'm grateful to be in the house of God with you this morning. Certainly appreciate the good spirit of the Lord. And I'm telling you what, Brother Matt, that brother's getting better and better, isn't he? Give him a nice round of applause. Amen. Certainly appreciate you this morning. Appreciate the songs that were sang. And I trust your heart was rejoiced today. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go in the house of the Lord. Well, you know, we had a wonderful past weekend. We had a revival here. Enjoy the blessings of the Lord, but today it has expired. We need fresh manna from God now. And we thank God for that message, the messages that was brought to us last weekend, Wednesday night, just drawing us closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now it is my unpleasant duty to be a pastor again. Because you know what a pastor does, he just gets right home where you live and just sort of talk to you. You know, not everybody really likes to hear from their dad because they've heard so many things the same time. But someone else will come in and say the same thing. It's like, Really? That's true, I'll do that. So it is my duty as the shepherd of the sheepfold to bring you messages that will bring you together as a body of Christ. They may not always be appealing or uh, mesmerizing, but they are material that will draw you closer to Jesus Christ. you believe that? Praise the Lord. Uh, they lift the tiding. Is the tide been lifting? Okay, praise the Lord. The offering. Okay, well, this is a tide You give to the Lord, and God will bless you for doing that. If the brethren will come. Praise God. We certainly appreciate each and every one of you. That song was a masterpiece and aura. I appreciate that very much. From the depths of my heart. God bless you. God bless you for bringing such a beautiful song to us this morning. Hallelujah. What grace God has given us. You know, I I have been accused of being a Calvinist because I preach so much on grace. But I love a statement that Brother Branham said. He said, you know what? I go out as a long way as I can with a Calvinist, as long as then they don't get off on a limb. But when they do, then I'm an Armenian. So we've been hearing a lot of grace messages in this church, but this morning I'm going to kind of lean back towards being an Armenian this morning. Is that all right? Now it is not law, it is just absolute truths I want to say to you this morning. Now, the message I'm about to preach may not have anything to do with any of you, but I believe it does because it encompasses all of us as believers this morning, and, and I just want to deal with a, with an area of life that I have seen that is becoming such, a, 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 such a, a threat to us, our society, and the things around us, and I'll be bringing some materials this morning that perhaps you may may take as offensive, but I have to delay the background of my message. As you know, I love to study. I love to read. I love to explore my mind to uh, be able to be of a blessing to the church of God. Thank God we had a prophet that did. I have every material he has in my study, and I love it because it broadens my mind to be able to feed the flock this morning. So we certainly... I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Brother Matt, and uh, thank the musicians for all the fine playing this morning. A couple of places while you're standing, and some of you look kind of scared. Don't be scared. (laughs) And I particularly like for our young people, our young couples, all ages this morning to just listen up. And as I said, this is not a message that is directed to just any persons. It is to all persons. It is to all people because as a people of God, you realize that we uh, we, we came into this world by a fallen nature. We, we came in that way. God allowed, designed it to be as such to where He will be our Redeemer Amen. to save us from the fall of humanity. So in us, in the, in the bread, in us, there are still some elements of... Uh, of fallen nature that's there in our souls we have been fully redeemed we have no problem of where we're going and what god has already done for us but it is this flesh that we live in that is sort of sticky it has problems everybody say problems all of us we have problems whether you're a prophet or a or a pastor or an evangelist or uh, whomever you are, if you're made out of flesh and blood, you came in this life in a fallen nature. You're constantly struggling to keep this old serpent under your feet. Because that's what it is. It, it has to be bruised under our feet constantly. In Psalms 119 verses uh, 9. Paul speaking now. When you hear the reference of uh, either a psalmist or a prophet, uh, son of man, such like speaking of a man, it encircles a woman as well. It is not just a singularly a man, it incorporates a man because man was made in the image of God. And out of man came the woman. God made the man first and then. Out of the man he made a woman. So when I read about a man, it, it also speaks of the man. David speaks, and I said, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. What a passage. What a passage this morning. I'm laying the foundation now. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers... In word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. There's, there's a host of things that Paul have listed there that we can preach on individually for a month. But I just want to build the infrastructure. Go over now, drop down to verses, uh, chapter 5, verses 2. Speaking of the positions of the elders... And then also of the elderly women. He says, the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters, with all purity. Amen. It's vital to notice that. And then final scripture, uh, 2 Timothy 3 and verses 1. This know also that in the last days... Peril's time shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Have you ever seen a time as this? We all love ourselves. We all spend more time princing and prepping and, come on, vanity. We all, we're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. You're all guilty of it. It takes me a solid hour to get dressed, and I'm a man. Imagine what it does for you women. I mean, I just can't jump in the shower and come out, and then, you know, that's it. It takes me forever to fix these few hair I've got left on my head. And everyone has to be just right in place and have to spray it and put a little Vaseline and a cream and, you know, look at it in the mirror. And, and, and you know, I took a trip here to Canada here a couple of weeks back and forgot my mirror, and I thought that I would die. Vanity, everybody say vanity. We all have self-pride about ourselves. This is the world that we live in. We care that way. We we love ourselves. Some of you look at me like uh, I don't love myself. Be real now. You love yourself. Try taking all the mirrors out of your house. Then you wouldn't do it. Our own selves, covetous, bo- bo- boaster, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parent uh, parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent. Now I want to drop on that word incontinent, that is without self-control. It actually gives a definition in the root word of uh, sensuality. It is a sensual word without uh, any control over sexuality. And I'm going to speak plain this morning. Paul is defining the spirit that we battle in this age. He's speaking about the spirits that come against us as believers in this time. Even though we're innocent, we're believers, we're born again, we're children of God. None of us want to indulge in iniquity. We are battling a spirit of this age. And this spirit is coming against us in every angle. He said it is uh, incontinent without uh, restraint." He's speaking here. Furious despises of those that are good. Uh, traitors. Heady, high-minded. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. Paul is giving a very, very strict directive to the church of God. And friends... I'm so thankful this morning that I was not the one that wrote it. I'm just here to deliver to you this morning. I want to speak to you this morning on a thought. And I want us to all listen up. A revival of moral values. We need a revival of moral values. Praise the Lord. I'm talking away from all the way from the pulpit to the back door. I'm talking about all pastors, all preachers, all evangelists, all workers in the body of Christ. We need a revival of moral values in our age, in our time, in our church, in our home, in our marriage, in our relationships. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father. We come before you this morning. I realize that this is a very heavy subject. No man can handle it, Lord. Yeah. I stand here in, in, in uh, helpless as I could be to try to bring uh, some thoughts to the people to help their families. As I see Satan is yeah. intruding from every angle. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, the scripture tells us to be aware of his devices. And he's moving, Lord, trying to take us as the people of God to come against us and to defile us. But we ask this morning that the Holy Spirit will raise up amongst us a standard that will uh, stop the enemy, of oh God, that is pressing against us. We love you, Lord. Bless the word as we have read it. Give me the wisdom and the understanding and the ability and the vocabulary to speak the word of life to your people in Jesus' name. And the church says, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. A revival of moral values. Now, I'd like for you to give me your undivided attention and try not to be distracted in any way if you can this morning. But to stay focused with me because... As I mentioned, this is a broad message. This message isn't just a message of now. It has been a message from the very beginning of humanity. The issues that are before us as Christians today are not no new problems that has arise in the area of moral values. It is a problem that started from the very get-go of uh, humanity as they started in by production. Now this age holds a power of sexual constraint which started from the beginning of time. You're caught in the bubble of this uh, spirit that started up from the Garden of Eden. It was God's plan and purpose that man should be Born by production of spoken word. We understand now as we see it. It was Satan that came in. That broke the bloodline of humanity. And started this moral decline of humanity. We are sinners by representation. Eve brought condemnation to all humanity. Caused by adultery. Condemnation by representation. We feel those are condemnation now because of who represented us in the beginning. Eve represented us, and when she took the way of Satan through the act of sensuality, Satan broke into humanity. As a result of that, condemnation came upon the human race. So we started out by a sinner by representation, condemnation by representation in the physical realm. But I'm so glad in the spiritual lineage there's been a representation of the blood of Jesus Christ that corrected every error in our lives. Are you grateful for it? You see Eve, the original mother, gave into Hybernization to humanity by adultery. She hybrid the entire family of God. You can say amen. You see, hybridization of human isn't done from one human marrying another human regardless of ethnics. It is caused by adultery, sexual impurity. Satan started. I want to establish the problem we're facing today isn't a problem we cause on our own. It isn't something that we desire. It isn't something that we started. You see, it started from the very beginning of time when, when, when Satan broke into humanity. You see, Satan broke into the bloodline of humanity and, and, and started a decline of sexual morals. It was a sexual constraint in the garden and it is the same constraint now in Satan's Eden. And I'm getting to my message. You see, the whole thing is one condemnation of sexual chaos. The spirit has produced sex maniacs in our society, and our churches. You can say amen to the word this morning. It has caused a lot of discomfort in the brotherhood and the sisterhood within the churches itself. Satan is the one that caused this. You see, sexual purity was tainted by adultery, which is toxic to our moral values. This morning, let me read a quote to you now. Questions and answers. 1957, July the 25th. Is this okay? Don't get nervous. Everything that's perverted has to end as an end to it. Because it finally must come back to that purity and holiness of God. You see, we bypassed the pure way and became the sexual way. We came uh, the way of impurity rather than the way of spoken word power. But I believe that the word is taking us back to the place where God has brought us from. You believe it? He said, and bring back purity and holiness of God in the hearts of uh, its believers. I love that. Amen. Everything that's perverted is the end of it because it's finally and must come back to that purity and holiness of God what doest thou hear? here 1959 March the, uh, the first that's what the church needs is a revival yeah. to shake from all the worldliness and the things of the world yeah. pardon me and bring back purity and holiness of God in the hearts of its believers yeah. you believe it now I believe that's where we stand. God is wanting to restore moral values into our family. You see, Satan slowly uh, invades and erodes against our faiths and our morals. No one is saying here today, uh, uh, you're, you're, you're sinners or, or you're adulterers or, or you're sinning against God. I'm simply just coming with a message to tell you we need a revival of moral values back into God's church. Believe it. Questions and answers three in uh, August the 3rd, the morning service, not unit 64. Brother Bram said I might answer this right now. I don't believe in filthy living amongst Pentecostal people, holiness people, even if they are married. I don't believe that. No, sir. Some of this dirty stuff, that's horrible. I, I get in here sometimes, and this morning, no, I no, ain't saying this. I, I mean to say times that I'm out in, in California, different places like that, I meet ministers out there where on the discernment, I feel like I could just turn them over on my knee and give them a little gospel protoplasma stimulation I'm talking about preachers and everybody you believe it and I tell you what here some months back uh, I received a, a text that came through on my phone, and I looked at it, and, and I like to turn the imagery that came through on that phone from another pastor or preacher. I like to turn ten shades of colors. said, what in the world is going on? Suddenly realized that it was sent to me, and I said, brother, uh, you sent me something here. What's going on? said, well, I didn't mean to send it to you. I said, well, who did you mean to send it to And then you wonder why I wouldn't have you back in my pulpit to preach. You should be thankful for a gatekeeper that is protecting this pulpit. Because what is preached here is broadcast into your spirits. You have a man who's got an adulterous spirit in him preaching on the pulpit. That's what's going to be preached in the congregation. He's got an homosexual spirit up on his life. It's going to be preached in the congregation. We need gatekeepers that will watch over God's church. You believe in church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. He said, I feel I can just turn them over in my lap and give them a protoplasma stimulation. Yes, sir. Might to see a man that would try to take a little wife and dirty, filthy. You understand what I mean? Think you ought to be ashamed of yourself as a man of God? I'm talking to preachers now. We have a responsibility at this pulpit to keep this church clean. Hallelujah. If we're going to be gospel preacher, we need to be gospel preacher, not only with words, but with a life behind it. Listen, friends, that's why I'm so careful who I bring to at this pulpit. You realize that? A person stands before a congregation, whether it's a singer or it's a preacher or it's someone else, and they got the spotlight and you're sitting there and they have these defilements in their spirits and they get anointed and that spirit goes out. It goes out in the congregation. Don't get quiet on me now. And suddenly I'm dealing with a pastor with spirits within the church. And I have to, by the grace of God, try to find and trail where these spirits are coming from. Praise the, Praise the Lord. See a man try to do something like that, you think you ought to be ashamed of yourself as a man of God. You, you, you just be a husband, be a sweetheart, respect her like always, respect her. Don't pay any attention to some of these sexy books or these nonsense in the uh, sexy books and things that you read about and all this stuff. Everything else like that. Get that filthy stuff off your mind. I'm talking about a church that's going to the rapture this morning. I'm talking about restoring uh, moral values back into the churches. Praise God anyhow. Hallelujah. You believe it, friends? Oh, I love this. I love this. Pastor here, not very long ago, called me up on the phone telling me things about how that he can see in marriage and divorce. That it's okay for a, a, a man to be attracted to another man. I said, you are sick in the head. You are sick in the head. Even the world knows that's wrong. Even the world knows that's wrong. We don't believe in such garbage around here. The message never support that nonsense. We believe man are men and made in the image of God. Y'all going to get quiet and sore at me, but I'm going to tell you the truth anyhow. You need love me or you'll hate me this morning, but I'm going to tell you the truth because we need a restoration of moral values back in our church. We've got young people that are looking at us. We've got young men and young women in this church that are watching us as role models to see how we are going to handle certain situations. They're watching us to see what our reactions are going to be on matters. you believe it? We desperately need a revival of moral values. Sexual sin is rampant in our world and our churches. We live, as I said, some service back in an over-sexualized world. All the songs, videos advertisements are programmed to desensitize us of our moral values it is a lust saturated world you already go out there without everything is all around you you poor poor people of God I feel sorry for all of us we all we want to do is go out and get a bite and we have to deal with all this nonsense that's around us you understand what I'm saying friends I'm not speaking down with you. I'm talking to you as a bride of Christ. I'm talking to myself as well. We have to deal with all this nonsense that's out there in the world. I'm sick of all the over-sexualized imagery. As believers, I'm at a point where I'm very disgusted of all the imagery that comes through our phones. You believe it? God has called us as families to walk in sexual purity. The problem of, uh, that we're facing today, the problem of uh, immodest women, is the absence of godly men. I believe we need godly men to rise up in the churches. Godly men are to lead his wife and daughters to dress and to live modestly. Their sons will then pursue purity of heart about sexual lust as the world tries to push their agenda. You believe it? Yeah, you can say amen. We're all guilty this morning. Nobody's saying they're goody-two-shoes two in here. And none of us not guilty of all these things we're dealing with. Then none of us in here can say, well, I don't do that. None of that affects me. You're lying. The world is getting the best of us if we're not careful. You believe it? Amen. The problem is not a problem of stricter laws or church dress codes, it is a problem of a lack of godly leadership in men in the churches. Men have to rise up. Rise up, men of God. Rise up, men of God. I'm going to be like Gideon and race up in this age. You believe it? Let me say this to all my brothers who claims to love Jesus Christ. We have a commission from God. We have a commission from God. We have a summons upon our lives. We have a charge upon our lives. You were made in the image of God. You're an amateur God. You have a silence upon your life. Hallelujah. We're called to be men of God who lead our home in the will and the way of God. And I said this morning, godly leadership in the home is God's plan for his church. And I believe that every Christian believing a man needs to make God's plan his own plan as well this morning. You see, we are, we are so indulged in, in the things that are around us that we don't understand that it sneaks up on us before we know it. I don't say no one presumptuously fall victim to these uh, enticing spirits, but they're coming at us so fast, brothers. You understand where I'm coming from? They're so rapidly against our minds. That uh, we, have to, we have to sometimes stop and just, wow, what just happened? Where did our sob come from? Where did our image come from? Where did the sin come from? Amen. You see, men are to indulge in the word because men are called to be the spiritual leaders and priests of their homes. You are the spiritual priest of your house. Your wife is not the priest of the house. You are the man of your house. I love and respect my sisters. And I give them due honor and, and respect to them. But the man is the leader of the house. We need spiritual priests to rise up in this age. You can go out and shout amen. I'm talking about truth and the hour, friends. We are to be road models Role models to our families. You see this morning the greatest legacy a father can pass to his family is a spiritual legacy. A legacy that honors Jesus Christ as Lord and lead the way to moral values. Moral values. You men have the responsibility of carrying the ark of God and the very presence of God in your family. Remember, brothers, you are the gate guard of the home. Just as I am the gate guard of this pulpit, you are the gate guard of your home. I know you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But God sometimes has to come in a loving way as such and remind us that we are gatekeepers. We are priests. We are anointed men in this age. We are David's and we will slay these Goliaths. We will not take down to the enemy. You believe it? You see, the lack of sexual purity in our society today is a plague that has flourished into a full-blown epidemic. And you see, this epidemic of sexual chaos has now spilled over into our churches and families. Amen. 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 You see, the free love message of the 60s has degraded into outright perversion into our times. This spirit has entered into our ranks. This sort of a free love spirit. This sort of a free love spirit. You, the people of God, will have to raise the standard against it. You have to raise up the standard against it. Because pretty soon our young people are going to start shacking up with one another. They're going to think it's all right. They can have sex before marriage. I'm going to preach. They're going to think it's all right to have babies outside of wedlocks. We have to raise up the standard, peace of God. Raise up the standards in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you agree with me? The the spirit has entered into our ranks. And we become like the world has taken on the same attitudes as the world. Nothing is right. Nothing is wrong. You have to be politically, politically correct. That's not even a message for God's church. Hallelujah. And if you think I'm hard on holiness now, go listen to the last ten messages. I preach. I preach in grace more than any man. I know preach in grace. But there comes a time where God says it's time to raise up the standard a little higher now. You see as a watchman on the wall, you see Satan, this and spirit of Satan in the churches, raise up the standards. You believe it? In the time that we live in, we see all these things that are happening so rapidly in our ranks. Pastors are now contending with this free love pandemic in our message churches. And it it's flat out fornication, immorality to its lowest ebb. Look, I'm speaking against no one. We all have family members and we have people who are struggling in sexual sins that don't know Jesus Christ. What do you expect from a sinner to sin? But I'm talking about the church of God. I'm talking about the bride of Christ. I'm talking about the people of God. We've got to push back on the enemy, friends. You understand what I'm saying? Push back on the enemy. Hallelujah this morning. Blessed be the name of the Lord God. You see, sex before marriage and perverted content brought into marriages are ungodly. And I want to make a little background here on the free love movements. Just to bring you up to speed. Just to point out where this plague of sexual immorality started from. The term Free love has been used to describe a social movement that rejects marriage, which is seen as a form of social bondage. Since when marriage is a social bondage? That's the polluted minds that thinks that way. That's the, that's the minds that have been turned over to reprobates that thinks that way praise the Lord and by the way I see another spirit raising up in the message used to man we can't wait brother Jake to turn 19 or 20 to get married man 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 when we were 16 we were saying we're going to be 18 so we wanted to get married but there's simply a spirit in the message now where the boys and the girls they don't want to marry because they just want to fulfill all they got to fulfill before they got married Marriage makes you a man. Marriage makes you a woman. Don't wait until you're all made to get married. You got to understand the hard knocks of marriage. Praise the Lord anyhow. Thank you choir. Thank you choir. Thank you choir. The choir seven is hailing me on this morning. Praise the Lord. I got to be 25. I got to be 30. I got to have this. I got to have this. No what you need is God. I haven't met Mr. Wright yet. I haven't met uh, you know Mrs. Wright yet. You don't have to wait. You need to do it like we did it. We got married then we found out what life was like. Yeah, we had some knockdown dragouts, but it made us strong. Well, I've got to make sure that I know, you know. I got to make sure. Somebody even push the envelope to a point to where maybe we can just sack up a little bit and see how I'm going to like you. That's not fair. We have to marry the woman, and we have to learn the woman, and she has to learn us, good or bad, good or bad, in the good times and the bad times. And sickness and in health. Man, I'm telling you something. Sister Deanna's turned ten shades of colors. I'm sure in some situations after we got married, she didn't know about me. And no, I didn't know about her. But we married each other. And we raised a family together. And we stayed in the will of God together. Don't come kidding me that marriage is all hunky-dory and and marriage was made in heaven. So was lightnings and thunders. Hello, somebody. Don't tell me you never had a fight. Don't tell me you never had a bad word. Sometimes those words will slip up. You don't even know where they come from. You start cussing like Peter did. You know what the problem is? I'm being transparent. You are not. I'm going to tell you the truth anyhow. Man, I remember when we got married, a word flew out of my mouth I never dreamed of. I never heard a word in my life. I looked at my poor wife over and said, ooh. And a preacher too. Yeah, preachers got sometimes. Preachers mess up sometimes. But preachers, ask God forgiveness and preach the truth. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I'm not disqualifying my brothers that are preachers in this church. Because they're just like me. Amen. They're just like me. And they're fighting just like me. You see, the spirit is a spirit that comes against family. The free love movement... Initial goal was to separate the state from sexual matters such as marriage, birth control, and adultery. It claimed that such issues were the concern of the people involved and no one else. I can hear the spirit now coming off the internet. Well, nobody's going to tell me about my sexual preferences. Oh, no. God says your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You believe that? In the 1960s and 1970s, historically the free love movement claimed that they did not advocate multiple sexual partners or short-term sexual relationships outside of marriage. Rather, they argued that love relationship that was freely entered into, should not be regulated by law. I don't care. Of course not. You see, the truth of the matter is, they did advocate immoral lifestyle. So me, brothers, you came out from the 60s. Amen. From the 70s. Amen. The same spirit that was in the 60s, well, it's carried over into the 70s. Is that correct? And the spirit was very strong in that age. That it carried over, not just stopped there, but it took up momentum and began to bring the spirit of the generation in moral values. Are we together now? Uh, Brother Branham said this in a message, um, in a message key to the door. I want you to understand, Brother Branham. He denounced this uh, movement back in the '60s. And he sat in *Keep to the door in uh, October 7, 1962. He says, don't believe in free love. Uh, we don't believe in free love. Let's say it together. We don't believe in free love. Today, it's living together. That's right. Come on. Come on. My wife and I were somewhere. Where were we at just the other day, Honey. And, 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 and she and I were talking, and oh, yeah, we were, we were, oh yeah, we were over here, Blaze Pizza or something. And there was a girl in front of us, and she was just talking about her, her and her boyfriend moving an apartment together. And, and it was one out to the other like that. And we went, we got our pizza, we sat down, and we thought, oh, my goodness, isn't it is sad just to know of how many people it has become the norm that people just, just live. Can you imagine just living? I'm too clean to do that. I'm sorry. Amen. I'm just too clean to do a thing like that. Amen. Imagine just living with somebody you don't even know. Imagine a one night standing with someone you don't even know. I say it's gross and disgusting. It's nasty. It's not even sanitary, church. Y'all can say amen anyways. Don't leave me out here all by myself. We don't believe in free love. Neither we don't believe in that stuff. Why I'm against organized religion, 1962, uh, November 11th, in the evening service, said they told me that you believe in free love. The brothers were accusing him that you should leave, uh, that, that men should leave their wives and hunt. Now, see, that's just lies of the devil. Like the one brother came to me, he had a lust spirit on him at the beginning. I said, oh, praise the Lord, brother Joseph, me and my wife. You know, we have a lot of problems. But the, the prophet told me that if I don't have the right one here, I'm going to get the other new one over there. I said, yeah, you will, Jesus Christ. Amen. If I don't have the right spouse here, I'll find the right one over there, Jesus Christ. You tell the truth. What you need is to get the spirit off your life. That's lies of the devil, you know that. I said, absolutely, amen. I'm against such unscriptural thing. I believe in holiness and purity. As believers, we seem to be awash in a world filled with sensuality. Believe it. You can hardly drive down the freeway to, or, or, or get online without being undated with prerogative imagery. You're just innocently wanting to bank some money and some naked woman has got to come up. You honestly just want to text the brother a message and something has to pop up. You've been there. You know what I'm talking about. As a society, we have become desensitized to prerogative and sensual uh, explicit images Lost sensuality and pornography and whatever you want to call it has a death grip especially on men from the age 11 to men married with children it's a spirit if you don't think that my last statement was true let me give you a few a few statistics and i don't wish to pollute your pure minds this morning but truth is truth can can you bear with me this morning pornography is a 20 billion dollar a year industry in 2021 pornography website revenues were in 12 million dollars there are 200,000 pornography sites on the web with an estimate of 200 new website added every day. Make no mistake, pornography is a big business. Like any other business they are trying to expand their profits and break into new markets. You see the new market that is opening up to them is our children. Hear me right now. It is our children. It is our heritage. It is our loved ones. Our sons and our daughters. I say it's time to have a revival of moral values back in our homes. Yes. Praise God. I love you church. You know I love you. You know man love you as much as I love you this morning. And the compassion I feel for you. And the things you're dealing with. Amen. But hear me out in this message. 25% of pornography sites. I've been brand names like Barbie, Disney, Nintendo, NBA. And in their in their meta tags, there are hidden keys to make the pages pop up in search engines. They are designed to attract hits from younger viewing viewers using search en- engines like uh Yahoo, Google, YouTube, and all these others that are out there. You better be a guard key, gatekeeper over your children. I don't say you need to be a dictator over them, but if you're going to give them a phone, a smartphone, you need to be a guard keeper. Don't give them a little phone and send them in a room by themselves. Come on, church. And then come to me later on, why they're struggling with the spirit they got in their life. It must have been from my grandfather. No, it came right from you. Because you didn't do anything about it. The iPhones and iPads has become babysitters for our families anymore. When was the last time you take their phone, your young person phone and said, let me just go through and see what you're looking at, what you're searching at, what you're doing. Brother Jake, back in our time, the way we did it is we had a living room set up with a, uh, with, a, with a computer with a cord on it. Young people, our computers had cord on it. And it was plugged into the wall. And it was facing everybody. And if you needed to do homework, that's where you went. Because everybody was watching you. You didn't go up into a room, close the door, and on an iPad or, or whatever you want to call it. And you're doing homework, you're doing more than homework. My church is the truth. We ought to set up right there. Amen. Everybody, sit chat when you're doing the homework. Amen. Maybe we need to go back to that. Oh, listen to me this morning, friends. I love you with the love of God, but I have to tell you the truth. Some of you leaders in this church you need to take a stand, amen, and raise up some, uh, some, some criterias in your home and say, No, we're not going to have that. No, we're going to have this. And no, we're going to have that or this or the other. Well, I don't want to. I don't want. I let my children make their own decision. You heard what I said. You, can't even, you don't even have your first brain cell until you're 25 years of age. And you've given them an iPhone and an iPad. And telling them they can make their own minds up. Yeah. Hello now. Come on. Praise the Lord. I understand there are some children who are more responsible than other children. There are some that you can trust and others you cannot trust. It's just the truth. Amen. And I know what you're thinking. Am I not one that I can be trusted? You know yourselves. Amen. Amen. Some can be trusted. Some cannot be trusted. Because we're all wired differently. And we deal with problems differently. But as parents, we can assert our responsibility as parents, as grandparents. Praise the Lord. You believe it. Hallelujah. I saw the grandkids just the other day. They were watching coca Okay, coca Let me see what coca has got to say. Amen. You believe it, friends. You got you to check this thing out. You got to watch it. Amen. What's coca teaching them? Amen, what they're saying. If you want to know the kind of attitude your children got, watch what they're watching. Because they take on the attitudes. Body language. Come on now. And we as adults take on the same spirit in the church. When we cross our hands at the preaching, get back to preaching right quick. At least twenty percent of American adult Christians and non-Christians have looked at sex site online. The ratio is the same for Christians. One in five people in the pews have looked at web pornography. The same study shows one. In every three men. Have looked at sex sites. Close to half of men. Under the age 35. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm certain by now you understand. What I mean when I made the statement. As a society we have become. Desensitized to prerogative. And sexual illicit images. lust sensuality, pornography, whatever you want to call it, has a dead grip, especially on men age 11 to men married with children. Praise them. Oh, Brother Joseph, why do you have to preach like that? I- I'm sorry, friends. This is what God told me to preach. Amen. I went away. You all know when I go away for a few days, when I come back, it's in the camp. Because I've been in the presence of God. And I love you as the people of God. And you are the best people that I know. And the bride of Jesus Christ. And the called out in this age. But I know how Satan also works within the framework of the churches. I'm positive there's a struggle with moral delinquency for all believers in our age. However, we need a revival Of moral values. You see science tells us. That man's sex drive. Is virtually. Stimulated. By sight. It is visually. Stimulated by. By sight. Because that's the way God. Made us. I love the honesty of Brother Brandon. I love the way he talks. I love, he was a prophet, but he's so transparent. He said, Don't tell me, you man, being a man, a red blooded man, will hug another woman, you know, bosom to bosom, and don't feel something that'll go through you. Praise the Lord. He knows what he was talking about. You see, what use is the proper? Contents of a marriage relationship, if it is not governed by the Holy Spirit, you see, young people. Why I, I, I take the time I do with you? It's not because I don't I want to be some, uh, some some dictator over you. You understand? Before I marry you, I take this time with you, and we go through. Some of you sit there. You married couples, you know. I've gone through these contents with you. The reason being because I know that the way how Satan works was in the marriage. You see, God made us to be men. And that's the way God made us. And when it is used in the proper context of marriage, it is a beautiful thing for you and for your spouse. You realize that? It works just like God designs it. And we are all this morning vulnerable to sexual sin. We are—I don't care who you are. Don't tell me you're not. We're all vulnerable to sexual sin. We, as I said, we are sinners by representation. We feel those condemnation because of what Eve done, and we have condemnation by representation. But thank God, we have a predestination by representation as well this morning. You believe it? Let me just kind of break into some scriptures before I wind this down. Statistics tells us that 9 out of 10 men struggle with some kind of a sexual temptation. There's nothing wrong with that. You come and tell me that, oh man, I don't have no problem with any sexual temptation. You need to take a lie detector test. Because as long as you're a man, there's something wrong with you, man. You know, something's bad wrong with you. If, if a woman in opposite, opposite sex, if you fall victim to that by opposite sex, does not give you some sensation, something's wrong with you. I'm just speaking brightly this morning. You're going to hear it. What I'm telling you, which, what comes off the internet is a 30 times worse than what I'm saying right now. You might as well hear it right straight from the pulpit and hear it in a spurious form. It is only by the power of God working daily in our lives that we can overcome sexual sin, brothers. I want to break into the message now in our open text, Psalms 119 and 9. Don't get scared. The importance of eating to God's word. Uh, David said, how can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word? You see, the verse starts off with a question and ends with... The answer from a wise man. He said, how can a young man cleanse his way? And then he answers the question by taking heed there according to God's word. You see, it is obvious that sexual purity was a problem in Israel at the time when uh, this psalms was written. Just give me a few more minutes to just wind this up in a nutshell, okay? Sexual purity can be defined as getting sexual satisfaction from no other source but your wife. Let me repeat that. Sexual purity is getting sexual satisfaction from no other source but your wife. This is why young people must understand the seriousness of purity before and after marriage. Praise God. You, you, better, you better be careful. Serpent seed in July the 28th. I just read it before I left the office. Stay with me now as I bring this to a, to a climax. Brother Brown says when a man takes a young woman and embraces him to his bosom, she leaves an imprint upon him that no other woman can fit. That's serious stuff. Right. That's very serious stuff. Yeah. She leaves an imprint on that man that no other woman, no other bosom. I'm going to be playing now. Yeah. I'm going to be playing. No other bosom can fit that imprint. In right. the message oddball. Little boys and girls out there hugging and kissing like I don't know what. I, do you know my sisters that that's potential, potentially an adultery? When a man kissed you, he has potentially committed adultery with you. You should never let him kiss you until you're married. Man, I'm disappointed. I was thinking I was going to get a huge amen out of that. Until you are married. The first kiss should be at the altar. The pervert pastor Amen. Just the night before his wedding, took his bride to the, in the message too. And then want to come and preach in this church. Took his poor little sweetheart to a hotel room. Amen. And had sex with her. And then married uh, the, the next day, and with that act, there was a pregnancy. Come on. That's outside of wedlock. You know what the Bible talked about that? Fourth generation, one that's born outside of wedlock could not come into the congregation of God. So she's going to be my wife. That's okay. What's the difference between the night before when you seal your vows and you get the blessing from the pastor. Amen. And you made your vows to God. That's what marries you. Shame. Shame, I say, on the ministries in this age shame on the preachers and the pastors amen that condone such garbage in the churches y'all are always getting preached out let me preach the ecclesiastical spirits that surround us i feel sorry amen, for the poor people of god amen And i'm taking up for you i'm telling you the truth it's rough but it's the truth amen anyhow you should never let a man kiss you until you're married For the glance, both male and female glances in the lips. Do you understand? And you shouldn't let a boy kiss you until that veil is raised on your face and you're his wife. You brother Joseph, I can't say amen because I'm guilty. But you can say amen for your families. And you can teach your families not to do it. And you can lead by an example to them and say, look, I messed up. I kissed and I had sex before marriage, but I repent to God. If you will be transparent, they will follow in your footsteps. Don't try to be the, no goody-two-shoe unless Satan hold you under condemnation. Don't say anything about it because you know you messed up. You know you shot up. You know you kissed up. Repent and go on in Jesus' name. Say, Lord, I messed up, but I want an example for my family. Praise the Lord. Amen. He said, you shouldn't let a boy kiss you until the veil is raised on your face and you're his wife. And for those of us who are married, amen, those who aren't married this morning, don't get any source until you get married. Praise God. I know that's rough, but that's the way God designs it. We are expected to live up straight to God's word. This is the only way to keep our lives pure this morning. By keeping according, David says, according to God's word, as the psalmist writes. You understand, people of God, that the eye is the gate to the soul? What you let come in? And where does it go in the soul? The soul holds your spirituality, your soul holds all that you are spiritually. And when you allow this imagery to come into your eyes, into your soul, then you have spiritual sicknesses. You have spiritual issues. And the problem is not the pastor or everybody else. You allow spirit to come right into your spirituality. Son, you got an attitude, you got a spirit, you start, you start lashing out. You get some strong, some wrong spirit strike your life. Amen. It's a spiritual problem that's there because you've allowed it to come through the eyes. And where does it go? You know, he could have chose to go to the belly or to the stomach, to your physiques, to your muscles, but that spirit goes right straight to your soul where you really serve God from. You see, you don't serve God from this flesh. You serve God from your soul. What you really are is from your soul. If you're a true child of God, you operate from the soul realms. This is why you have conviction. This is why you say, I'm sorry. This is where you say, God, I want you in my life. It's from the soul. Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 and 22. Can you give me some time to finish this? Is this all right this morning? It's the truth I'm telling you. In 2 Timothy 2, Paul says, Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord. Out of what heart? A pure heart. Paul tells us here to flee youthful lusts. Young people, you, you need to put Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John between you. When we were dating, you know how we sat in church? Can I show you how we sat in church? This is my girlfriend. Pretend. That's my wife. She's beautiful than this. But she sat right there. You know what this is? You're not sat right here. Ah, it feels good to sit down. And if I had any thoughts of doing anything that was sensual, I had to cross the words. You need to put the Bible between you and your, and your boyfriend. Woo! Felt that back pain getting old. Let me tell you something, friends. It's the truth I'm talking about. It's the truth I'm talking about. Oh, today it's all right. Oh, well, you know what, Brother Joe? Let me tell you something. I got quote for it. Brother Bram sat with his, with his wife to be in church. Well, you know what he said? I couldn't even keep my mind on the preaching. Yeah. Let me talk to you this morning. and That's okay. That's all right. You can sit with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Just forgive me for being old fogey. I'm not going to preach on you because you do. I'm just telling you to be careful. Is that all right? I think it's okay for a boy and a girl to sit together, but I think you need to be careful. I'm driving a point, is what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. How many of you, when you were courting, you sat in church and you had your mind on preaching? Maybe you're more spiritual than me. I couldn't. All I can see is that strawberry blonde here. Man, when I marry her, I'm going give to give her some kissing. I'm going to give her some loving. She got some pretty hands. I love that neck. I love them lips. I'm getting truthful this morning. Of course, you all didn't do that. You sat around with halos and long gowns on, singing How Great Thou Art. You all making me preach this morning. Paul tells us here to flee youth for lusts. But what does that mean this morning? How can we apply this to our lives? St. Augustine once said, habits, if not resisted, soon becomes necessity. Can I repeat that? Habit, if not resisted, soon becomes necessity. You see, what you don't understand is a lot of people are shocked to find out that impurity is a habit. Impurity is a habit. You don't have to have that. It's a habit. But by God's grace, though, habits can die. And sexual purity, habits can be defeated through godly instruction this morning. We know from the scripture that Job was a righteous man. And the Bible says he feared God and shunned evil in, in Job 31 and 1. And we find a key to walking free from uh, sexual impurity. Job says, I-, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? Or to break it down to you in our term, I made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? There are godly sisters. A spirit I picked up here in, in a meeting here um, last weekend is uh, I caught a spirit, a perverted spirit in that service. And I thought I wanted to so bad, took this man out and give him a good physical trashing beside a good tongue lashing. These are young sisters. They're here. They put on their beautiful gowns. Not for you to feast your eyes upon them. They're godly sisters. They're holy and Righteous. Shake them with respect. I wouldn't want somebody to be looking at my daughters and undressing them. Amen. And when a woman dresses a certain way, and she she can feel when a man's looking at her in the right way. You don't have a spirit on you. When you look at a sister, look at her in the eyes. Don't look anyplace else. Look from here up. Everything else belongs to her husband. thought, what a pervert. Yeah. Praise God. Beautiful young sisters. My God, they're made. They're keeping themselves pure someday for a godly husband. And respect them in that way. Love them in that way. Don't go beyond that. The key here is that Joe made a covenant with his eyes. If you don't want to walk free this morning from impurity, we need to make a choice right now. Lord, i made a covenant with my eyes. When I look at a sister, I'm always afraid that my eyes, I'm human, will drop further than their bosom. And I'm always careful. And I'm, I'm a human. That's why I don't talk uh, face-to-face with a woman for too long because I'm human. And my eyes are going to accidentally fall down and they're going to get the wrong concept of me. You understand what I'm saying? God help us. God help us. You can't help it your are designed that way. You're made beautiful. You're designed that way. God designed you and built you beautifully to attract the opposite sex. But as men, we have to put a guard up. You believe it? I want you to go in 1 Corinthians 6 and 18 with me. I'm closing. Paul says here, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinned against his own body. And then it's okay for people to shack up. It's okay for people to just live together, friends. What is wrong with you? I don't say people make mistakes and, 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 uh, and, 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 you know, they're not where they need to be with God. And they fall victim to temptation. And maybe they go out and begin to live with somebody and, and live in sin. But you don't have to like it. Don't get quiet now. You don't have to like it. But you don't have to treat them like they got a disease either. But you don't have to go public and say, oh, I like it. It's all right. They don't need that, friends. You understand what I'm saying? The problem we have in this message is we sanction too many things when we ought to take a stand and show the love of God. The Bible says speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. You don't, like the, you don't have to like somebody that's backslip, backslidden. You don't have to like their post because they're shacking up together. But when you see them, you don't treat them like they got, uh, the, you know, they've got some kind of disease. You show them the love of God. But how are you going to win them if you don't make a, a, a godly loving stand uh, for what we believe? Flee fornication, every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication, sinning against his own body. You know what fornication is? It is sex before marriage. Right. Adultery is sex while you're married. While you're married. Let's go on quickly. Verses 19. Uh, what? Know he not that your body, here it is, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, and which ye have of God, and ye are not your own Uh, Verses 20, for ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. The apostle Paul is saying to flee sexual immorality. Flee sexual immorality. You men, you can still have a wonderful time with your spouse and keep your marriage pure and your sex life pure. Praise the Lord. I want you to look back at Psalms 119, the verses 10 again with me. It says, with my whole heart have I sought thee, oh let me not wander from thy commandments. Amen. David is expounding here on a pure walk with God. And if you are serving God wholeheartedly, you should be walking in purity as well. Look again in Psalms 119 and 11. He says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Charles Spurgeon summed up verses 11 in one sentence. He said, verses 11 tells us about the best thing in the best place for the best purposes. The best thing meaning God's Word, in the best place in our hearts for the best purposes to keep us from sinning against God. You see, God's will is revealed to us through His Word. Let me find a place now. Paul gives us some great insight into God's will for our sexual purity in his letter, uh, first letter to the Thessalonians. I read quickly, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1. He says, uh, Furthermore, Uh, Then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort exhort you by the Lord Jesus Christ that he have received of us how we ought to walk to please God. And he would abound more and more. Verses 2, for he know what commandments we give you by the Lord Jesus. 3, and this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that he should abstain from fornication, abstinence from sexual immorality. We still believe in abstinence. You have family members who have failed and have fallen victim of circumstance to this. No, we don't beat them down the ground. No, we don't knock them in the ground, but we still hold up the standards. We have a generation coming behind us that we have to teach them these things. You understand what I'm saying? We have to lovingly tell them these things are not pleasing to God. Look at verses 4. For every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in what? Sanctification and honor, verses five, not in the lust of conspicuous sciences, uh, or uh, even as, as Gentiles which know not God. But in verses six now, no man go beyond and defraud his brother in a matter because that the Lord is the adventure of all, as we also have forewarned you and testified. Last verse. For God, for God had not called us unto uncleansedness, but unto what? Verses eight, he therefore that despise, and despiseth not God a man, but God who had also given unto us the Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit. Clearly we see verse three here, if God's will for us it is to abstain from sexual. Immorality. And some of you might be sitting there thinking, well, that's easy for Paul to say. He didn't have the internet movies and, and my rights of sexual images coming in from everywhere he turned. You may think so. But let me tell you a few things about the Roman Empire that exist in Paul's day. Here are a few reasons for the fall of Rome in Paul's day. Widespread immorality. Which destroy the integrity of family, family values. The spread of gender confusion and homosexuality. Men acting as women and women acting as men. Disregard for religion. Yes, they had to practice purity in Paul's day. I don't want to hear that excuse. Well, it's easy for Paul. Let me tell you something. Rome is not, it's not an easy place. My wife and I, we were there. Amen. You better have the Holy Ghost when you go going there. You talk about the sexual temptations. It's there. Yeah. In Paris. Indeed. Not leaving America. Unless I say, friends, there is a revival of moral values in our churches and personal lives. Like Rome, I say this morning, the churches and individuals will be corrupted within and will die. Yeah. Exactly Right unless that there's some standard raised up as paul rose up against rome we are going to corrupt and die within the church i want to close as the musicians please come i want to encourage our young people and i want to tell you that revival starts with you this morning it is your choice you see joshua makes This declaration in chapter 24 and verses 15. He says, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. And he goes on to say, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You see, revival is nothing less than a new beginning of obedience to God. Your purity comes down to obedience. Your family is worth it. Your church is worth it. You are worth worth it. You are walking with the Lord, and it's worth it. This evening, it's worth it. How many knows what the Herman is? I'd like to close with a story. If you have an imagery of a Herman. This is a Hermon. Isn't it cute? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. They're really cute animals. In the forests of North, Northern Europe, and Asia, is a little animal called the ermine. He lives there. And he's mostly known for his Snow White. Fur, as you can see in the image. The ermine has a particular pride in his white fur, fur coat as he as should. At all hazard he protects it against anything that would spoil it. It is said that the fur hunters take advantage of the ermine's care to keep his coat clean. You see they don't set they set a trap. They don't set traps to catch him. But instead, find his home, a cleft of the rock or a hollow of a, a decaying tree. And they will dab the entrance and interior of this home of the Hermon with mud. Then they will turn their dogs loose and they will start the chase. Frightened. The Herman flees towards his home, his only place of refuge. But rather than go into the unclean place, he faces the yelping dogs and preserves the purity of his fur at the price of his life. You see, the drift of the story is it is better that he's stained by blood and spoiled by uncleansiness. Let us all stand. Not I trust that that will drive a message home to us this morning. You see the ermin is right. Purity is dearer than life. You believe it? Purity is dearer, dearer than life and saints I trust you're ready to start a revival of moral values into your lives bring back a restoration of sexual purity back into your relationships with God with your young with the young people and with your spouse we need a revival of moral values you believe it hallelujah may God bless you this morning I want to say I love you with the love of God, and may God help us all as Christians who are struggling this life with uh, my raids of stuff that is coming against us, may the Lord help us all, amen, that our phones will be Holy Ghost filled too, as well, and what we're bringing into our homes will be Holy Ghost filled as well. And even pre adventure, we fall. We can say, God, I repent. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm willing to sacrifice my life. Amen. Over my purity. Hallelujah. I want my life. The life of Jesus Christ. I want purity, rather, over my life this morning in Jesus' name. Do you want that this morning, church? Do you love Him this morning? Do you appreciate Him? Let's pray for our young people. Let's pray for our families. Let's pray. For our loved ones. Let's pray for one another. May God help us all. I will continue on the Lord willing on Wednesday night. On our families in Sodom. And bring out some truths that will bless you and liberate you. Amen. Not to preach you down. But to lift you up in the heavenly places. Hallelujah. How many loves the Lord? Amen. Our family are struggling in Sodom, friends. It's up to us as leaders, amen, to stand back. Not just to stand back, but to raise our hands up like Ur, amen, raised up Moses' hands and say, young people, you can make it. Wife, you can make it. Husband, you can make it. I know you're struggling with some sexual sins, but you can make it, husband. You can make it, wife. You can make it, young people. You can make it, preacher. You can make it, pastor. You can make it, song leader. You can make it, musicians. Are you ready to make those stands to the Lord Jesus? God bless you. I really want to be like Don Herman. Amen. Hallelujah. I will sacrifice my life to keep my purity. Hallelujah. I don't want my fur to be stained, amen, by the immoral garbage of our society. I don't want my morals to be lower but to be raised up in this age. Hallelujah. I want to teach my family. I've got two girls. I've got three granddaughters and a grandson. I pray God the Holy Ghost every day in their lives. Lord, what are they going to have to face in the grocery store, in the school system, in, in the places they go? What would they have to face? Pretty soon, around and said, naked folks with just a little something to cover their private parts. You better be praying over your children and love your children. I know you love your children. I love them too, but I have to tell you the truth. I have to tell you what God told me to tell you this morning. I love you with the love of God. How many receive this message in Jesus' name? So, Lord, thank you for helping us today. God bless the honest heart. We need it. We need it. We need the Holy Spirit. Let's sing a little song. After such a cutting message, Maybe just just sing in the presence of the Lord just for a moment. Is that all right? Let the Holy Spirit just come and just... Pour is sabbing to us this morning and help us and strengthen us and guide us and give us directions. Let's sing. Amen. Here sometimes my Lord
1: is so hard, hard. to carry Help us sing it. And it seems to crawl I cannot bear So
3: and I've been a failure, been such a failure. But whatever, oh whatever I do, is not your
1: prayers. Keep me sanctified. Keep me sanctified. When the storm clouds Yes, we all have,
3: Lord. In
1: such a failure?
3: But whatever I do, Oh, whatever I do, Whatever, whatever I, I say, Keep do. me
1: sanctified.
3: Make it your prayer one more time. Keep me
1: sanctified. Oh, whatever I do, whatever I say, keep me sanctified.
3: you feel that way? God, keep us all sanctified under the covers of your wings. Protect us, Lord. You see, Satan don't like to beat you down by condemnation. But I'm so glad there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after what? The spirits. Don't let me swing back being a Calvinist now. Amen. Do you love him? Do you appreciate him this morning? Do you understand what I'm saying to you, church? Do you love him today with the love of God? Young people, let me encourage you this morning. You've got a sacred value. You young ladies, you have got a sacred value, a sacred trust. God has entrusted to you, guarded with your life. Don't let no little boys come be fooling around with you. You've got a sacred virtue that God has given you. And you guard it with your life. Because boys are boys. And the men say, come on now, don't be no angels with me. Boys are boys. And they like to try stuff. Whether they're in the world or they are in church. If they don't have the Holy Ghost, they get handsy. I'm just being plain. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not mincing bones this morning. I'm telling the truth. You need to learn how to slap their wrists. Just keep your hands to yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. My stuff is for my husband. Keep that sacred trust. Keep that sacred trust. Young man, stay virtuous. Keep your virginity. Amen. Stay true to God. Come on now. Stay true to God you believe it you say oh the pressure is too hard how am I going to do it Mary did in the most wickedest city there is in the world Mary kept her virginity but the virgin and she was favored by God God bless you I'm proud of you I'm proud of our young people this message is not a condemnation message this message is a heads up amen a pat on your back message and say way to go keep it up in the name of Jesus God bless us by our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we love you so much with the love of God. I've delivered a message and I feel the Holy Spirit has tugged at me now. To close the service off, I pray that the things that were said will go deep into the spirit of each family, that they will understand what I'm saying. I'm speaking, Lord, as a watchman on a wall in a higher realm. Not just as earthbound creatures, but as, a, as an ambassador of the kingdom of God. I speak in the name of Jesus Christ to this people of God that they will heed the word today. Bless them, I pray. Bless our audience that's viewing. Every family, every young person, every mothers and fathers, strengthen their hands, Lord. Yes, we come short, but Lord, we are not sitting down. The race is before us. And we are going to run to the finish line with everything that's within us. We love you, Lord. Bring us back on Wednesday evening at the appointed time in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the church says, amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for being patient with me this morning. I certainly appreciate you. I love you. I know this is not a popular message. Amen. But it's all right because you know what? It speaks to my heart as well and to everyone that is here. May the Lord bless you. Pray for the service Wednesday night. Our families living in Sodom, you are going to be blessed by the Word of God. And don't miss it. And those of you that are sitting at home, you need to get off the couch and get in the house of the Lord. Because God wants us in the house of the Lord. You come and hear the Word and God will bless you for doing that. Until we meet again, shalom to you. God bless you. We love you. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed this world
1: is not my home I'm just a